Go. Welcome to another episode of Old Nerd, Young Nerd. This is Derek doing our uh, coronavirus lockdown intro over the phone again. Uh, so once again, if there's any audio issues due to me recording over the phone, you know, I want to apologize in advance, but the show must go on. Uh, this is another zombie apocalypse episode where we last left off. This is episode seven, actually, now. Where we last left off, Todd was just uh, put in charge of basically coming up with a, a safety plan for the camp and implementing it. Uh, he started camouflaging the entrance, sent out a patrol to take down the road signs. Uh, he's got dog patrols roaming the perimeter of the camp, digging some trenches, installing some pillboxes. Very ambitious uh, scope of defense. So I'm actually going to pick this story up now. Um, you guys were working through the night. One of the teams you sent on the road, Todd, just came back. Uh, they were able to successfully remove that road sign that uh, you knew that you had passed driving in that was about three miles out. So that sign is done. The nearest one is probably not, you know, probably where the highway was, or probably where the highway was. So it would just be a vague, not very specific, uh, just exit here kind of sign. Uh, at least in that direction. You did send a team in the other direction. They have not come back yet. So it's now about four in the morning. Uh, everyone's been working for about what, uh, six, seven, eight hours. I forget what time you started. I think it was like 8 p.m., so probably about eight hours. Um, you want to keep going? You want to give them time off for the night? What are you doing? All right, here's what I want to do. Um, I, I think the dogs are really important, and... Uh, as I recall, after we're talking about that, we, we had four dog teams um, all together. My two, and there were three other dog teams. I kind of want to put them on 12-hour um, shifts. And those shifts can be lazily uh, walking the perimeter because I want uh, one dog team down. Um, one or two. Uh, you know what? Actually, I'm thinking about this because I have... Uh, four dog teams. One, we'll do it every eight hours. We'll have one dog team down for twenty-four hours, and then we'll rotate um, in terms of patrolling the area. Uh, so there's a so every dog team has uh, a twenty-four hour break because uh, I think that's important because they're going to be our early warning system for uh, more the zombies than the humans because humans are loud and obnoxious and will let us know pretty pretty easily when they're coming and that's kind of also what i want to relay to all of our teams that the bullets are for the people not the zombies uh because the zombies uh are not calculating they're not uh planning or anything else they're just coming at us wave after wave from what we've seen on the tv so bullets are for humans uh, everything else in terms of arrows and spears and everything else. And that's the other thing that I want to get people started on is, uh, the spears. So I want to get a lot of the young trees down. I, what I, what I ultimately want to do is slowly remove the foliage from around our perimeter, uh, as we get farther out. And again, I, I just want to do it with, um, axes and saws. I don't want to use any, um... Anything loud, chainsaws, anything like that. So uh, what I want to do is I, I, I slowly want to continually move out. And we've got, uh, I think, 33 people that were basically doing that. And I always want 20 people on, you know, thereabouts, 10 people off. So I always want two-thirds working towards our defenses. Uh, 
Um, <clears throat> so basically, we're going to have uh, one dog team every eight hours patrolling the area. Uh, your dog team basically consists of the handler, the two dog, uh, the dog, and then two humans, and uh, basically as lookouts. As soon as the dogs uh, spot anything, the dogs are immediately withdrawn, and the humans go in. And the handler alerts the uh, camp to any encroachments. So that's where I'm going to stand uh, as of right now in terms of the uh, preps. So I'm going to let it go there. Okay, so everyone's <clears throat> pretty much doing what you want them to do. The, you know, the prep's been going well. People are making spears. However, some of the patrols that the camp owner sent out were armed with guns. Uh, most people there don't have any archery skill so they felt more comfortable with the guns and what you do here is a gunshot and a dog barking uh this is further to the rear of the camp where a patrol is patrolling <clears throat> okay i am going to call on all the extra members to sync up and we're gonna start moving towards the rear of the camp uh this is a note to myself to start archery lessons uh so we can get uh, less of this uh, kind of stuff done where we're making noise and drawing attention to the camp and then we're going to slowly move forward. Uh, I'm hoping that and this is this is kind of like our standing orders from uh, the dog patrols. As soon as a dog uh, basically uh, barks or anything else, he's immediately withdrawn to the center of the camp and brought into one of the cabins to calm down. And then I actually... Uh, now I'm thinking about this. I want to have reactive patrols. So I'm going to have a reactive patrol of six people that are automatically going to go out uh, to any dog barking. Uh, obviously, this is not happening now. This is happening after the fact of uh, whatever those gunshots were. Um, but I'm going to uh, pull me and uh, a couple other people with me towards the gunshots and see what what the issue was. Okay, so you make your way over to the rear of the camp, and you can still hear the dog barking, but you haven't heard any other gunshots. And when you and your group get over there, you see a patrol. Um, uh, the, one, the one is handling the dog and a flashlight, and the other guy has, his, has a handgun drawn. And it's kind of like pointing it off into the woods. And when uh, when he hears you guys coming, he swirls and points his gun at you guys and then quickly lowers it once he realize who, realizes who you are. All right. I'm going to ask him uh, really quickly with me and the two other people. Uh, I'm going to say, what were you shooting at? And I want no more shots uh, fired. And I want you guys to advance to the rear behind us uh, in the event that we actually need you. Do not advance back to the camp. I need one of you guys to go back to the camp and let them know what you were shooting at so they're aware going forward uh, what you guys were shooting at. But I want no more shots uh, going forward. And we're going to advance towards, uh, once we hear from what that person was saying, what he shot at. Okay, so the guy looks at you and he seems a bit jumpy. He says he heard something in the brush and what sounded, what he thought maybe sounded like a snarl. So he kind of just panicked, took a shot, and the dog started barking more in reaction to his gunshot than anything else. Um, he points in the direction in which uh, he heard the noise come from and that he shot, and then um, he's going to follow your orders and go back to the rear of the camp. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to take a note of his name. 
and also take away his gun. I can't really have trigger happy people shooting at things. Uh, so I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna take his gun as he's going away and let them inform them that he was shooting at things and he's never getting a gun again. He's going to get a spear because <clears throat> I can't have trigger happy people wasting ammunition that we might need. And then I'm going to go towards the sound or whatever that he was shooting at and taking a deeper look. Okay, real quick. The group that you have with you, I think you said it was you and two other people. Do you, are you all armed? What are you armed with? And do you have flashlights? Like, uh, is, is somebody a flashlight person? Is someone else is like an arrow person? Like, how are you doing it? Over. Good question. I've got my bow. I've got another person who has a, uh, I'm hoping a bow or a crossbow from the armory that the camp has. And then I have a third person who's a spotter. Uh, I'm, I'm actually, and I'm not being sarcastic about this. I'm actually a dead shot. Um, with respect to archery, I used to split my own arrows back in the day. Um, or I should say, I used to split Ryan's arrows back in the day because I didn't want to waste money on splitting my arrows, but I ended up buying his arrows anyway. But um, I actually used to be a really good shot back in the day, and I'm assuming that I'm still a good shot uh, here and now. But I've got a bow. Uh, one of my one of the people that I have has a bow, and then I have a spotter. Who has a, who has a um, flashlight? Okay, so you guys make your way into um, into the dark brush where uh, the guy, the jumpy guy who we'll call Jim, was pointing. And you know, you, with with the with the single flashlight, there's not a lot of light. But you guys are looking around. You're looking around carefully, and you do see in the ground. Uh, it's a soft ground due to um, not, it has been a severely cold winter as of late, so the ground's softer than it usually is. And there was a recent rain. So you do see what looks like deer tracks in the ground. You can't really tell how fresh they might have been, uh, but there is also a set of boot prints. And again, you can't really tell how fresh they were. So this basically tells you that sometime in the past couple of days, a person walked through here, a deer walked through here, and probably a number of small animals that wouldn't also leave tracks. Uh, in this dark patch of woods, you don't, you don't hear anything. There's certainly not a growl. Uh, it's just a typical quiet like late winter woods with not a lot of animal or insect activity. Okay. I'm going to label him Jim jumpy. Uh, and that's not sarcasm. Uh, but I, I, I actually want to have a, a, a list on him. I really want him to do manual labor and not, uh, security anymore. So I'm going to make a note to myself, never to have him have any type of weapon other than a spear. Um, when he goes out or anything else and put him on more of the manual labor jobs in terms of securing the, the area that my second, uh, issue is I want to see, obviously he shot something or shot towards something. I want to look and see if there's any blood on the ground whatsoever, um, that I might be able to track Okay, so my question to you is, where do you want to take your search radius? Like, are you just going in, like, the immediate vicinity? How deep into the woods are you going to go with it? It's like 10, 20 feet more. And then again, with a single source of light, um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to depend on how, how long it's going to take you to look. You know what I mean? Okay, here's my here's my issue. Um, if I see blood, 
I'm going to track it. Uh, I need to know if I see blood anywhere within that area. Uh, if it's a deer, I want to get it for the meat. Uh, if it's a human, I want to track it down and see where we stand with the human. Uh, I'm aware that I have diminished light, but I, I honestly want to see if, in all honesty, if there was any blood whatsoever. And if there was... You know, I'm going to track it to where we need to track it until I feel unsafe where we would have to go back. Okay, so your little group searches the area, and, you, you know, you give it a good thorough search. You're looking for, like, 20, 30 minutes. And after that time, you don't find a trace of blood or even another footprint. So I'm assuming at this point you're thoroughly angered at uh, Jumpy Jim, who is trigger-happy. But at this point, too... You do hear uh, some shouting from the center of camp. Uh, you can't tell the, the the context of the shouts. All right, this concerns me, so I start running back to camp immediately. Uh, I have my people uh, that are with me in close proximity. I don't want them uh, tripping or, or anything else uh, in terms of as we're racing back towards camp. Um because I'm not too worried about anyone else following us into the uh, twilight or almost darkness. But I uh, do need to get back because I've become concerned that not everyone is really um, calm with the situation and able to uh, do what we need them to do. Okay, so as you run back into um, the, uh, the camp proper, the center of camp, you, you see a, a small group crowded around... Um, some people crouch down on the floor. They look, they appear to be peering over something. And when you get closer, you can see a pair of uh, you can see what looks like a human body laying on the floor. And uh, the owner of the camp sees you coming and says, uh, "A patrol found one of our missing, um, you know, one of the two guys that went missing looking for the hiker." And as you look down at the guy, you can see he's uh, he, you know he looks like someone who's gotten lost in the woods for sure. He's dirty, disheveled. He's scratched and bruised. And he's got blood on parts of him, and he is—he's uh, actually unconscious, laying on the ground. Uh, the the camp owner informs you that there that the guy does have a pulse, and they were just, you know, about to move him into the cabin and start treating his wounds into the infirmary. All right, I'm gonna want him stripped naked, uh, so we can see if he has any bites or anything else uh, that might show that he's infected. Uh, in terms of infecting possibly the whole camp. Okay, so uh, you guys bring him into the camp infirmary. It just has some basic first aid supplies in it. Um, you know, the camp owner is a little leery of stripping the dude naked, but he understands the, the necessity for it. So everyone kind of carefully removes the guy's clothes and, uh, you know, is checking every inch of them. But no, you don't seem to notice any bites. There's a few deep cuts, certainly, and it looks like maybe he fell and gouged himself on something sharp, but it, nothing that would have uh, jump out as a bite wound. Uh, the man is still unconscious, so you can't ask him any questions yet. All right, I'm going to uh, have him secured by the neck, uh, shoulders, elbows, arms, knees, and ankles, and we'll perform uh, first aid as necessary uh, until he's conscious. Um, just cleaning out his wounds and everything else. Other than that, I, I really don't want to invest too much until we know more, uh, into him in terms of first aid supplies. Okay. So the camp owner, uh, does not agree to any of that at all. That's one of his men. 
one, you know, one of his employees. Uh, he doesn't want him restrained. He understands the necessity of like having a watch put over him. He's not going to have the guy restrained, and he's going to clean his wounds as he sees fit. Because again, it's his guy, and it's his medical supplies in his camp. So he's not he's not going to let you do what you just said to do. All right, that's where I think we should end this, because uh, obviously it's going to be uh, controversy over. Okay, so this seems like a good spot to stop. Um, a little drama, potentially brewing a little disagreement on uh, how to treat a wounded individual and the division of resources. So we'll continue here next time. Uh, remember to follow us on social media and listen to us on all major podcasting sites uh, under Old Nerd, Young Nerd. And as always, I'm Derek. And I'm Todd. And remember, normal is the new boring. Uh, thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, hopefully by the time you listen to this, we'll this whole craziness uh, with the world will be over. And uh, we'll be live once again. Um, and again, out there, everyone keep safe. Uh, and uh, keep secure.